to the Awaken Together podcast. I am Jen, and today we have a guest that I am so freaking excited about. It feels cosmic. It feels aligned. Chante is someone I found on TikTok in 2020. This is in the height of the pandemic when I feel like we were all so desperately seeking out connection. And this like really weird thing happened on the TikTok space where I feel like the community, the spiritual community kind of found each other and it was like powerful and magical and all the things. And I just remember going to Shantae's page, watching so many videos, loving her energy and signing up for her 1111 event. And here we are years later getting to interview Shantae for this podcast on 1111. I freaking love it. Shantae describes herself as a galactic psychic. She is trauma-informed, comes from a yoga background, and her personal story just provides so much incredible insight on how mind, body, and spirit piece together. So with that being said, welcome, Shantae. Hi, I'm so <laughs> grateful to be here. And yay for 11-11. My birthday is tomorrow. My birthday is the 12th. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. even know that. Makes it even yeah. more aligned. I love it. So, Shantae, I'd love for you just to start off just sharing your story. It's been so fun to watch on TikTok, just what you've gone through. I love your authenticity. I love you sharing all of your story so openly. And yeah, I've watched you evolve even in the couple of years I've been following you. So I'd love just to hear some pieces of your journey. Pieces of my journey. Thank you. Um, 2020, what an adventure. Right. Um, TikTok. What an adventure. TikTok is my favorite uh, dimensional, literal dimensional space to get to play in with people. Um, I think it's a dimensional space that demands authenticity, that is asking to see inside people's bathrooms when they're talking to themselves or when you're like, you know, alone in your backyard. Um, it becomes a place for those like thoughts and feelings that you didn't know where to put otherwise to go out and yeah it's really cool I'm a big fan of the TikTok absolutely realm. so much more um, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah uh, and I've been so I've been actively working on social media for a decade which is like mm, was that still there like I was at work as an office manager in a wellness uh company when um and finishing my bachelor's in communication when I got the email at my desk for Facebook pages um, and it was like Facebook pages are launching this new thing. And I went in it to my boss's office and was like, Hey, like, here's this thing. I don't know what it is, but like, something's important here. Can I have time to do this? Um, she was like, yeah. And I remember this like feeling in my body, that, like, what is this? <laughs> and so I've been playing on the virtual space for a really long time. And I started more intentionally personally in the virtual space in 2013. I was in my final semester of college and I had petitioned and was taking 25 credits to finish my uh, degree because my best friend was graduating and I didn't know how I would get my film certification without him because he did all the production stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And I started a fashion blog and it was this place of just like, I knew I needed the accountability to not wear sweats every day or I was going to get depressed. At that point, I was very much in like active addiction, a high functioning active alcoholic. 
uh, not really in sort of any consciousness, awareness, thoughts whatsoever, living for the weekend, living for, you know, like ladies night at the bar. And I knew that like, I needed some level of accountability and connection, or I wasn't going to make it. Uh, and it became this place that naturally turned into me, like, authentically sharing because I had so little time to process that it became a processing place, mm-hmm. um, which was very rare back in 2013. Absolutely. And then uh, I actually left my corporate job with Beachbody. I became a Beachbody coach, which like drills into you to share everything, but it also drills into you this like highlight reel thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very good at it. And, uh, I was also very good at the highlight reel and very good at, I grew up in a house. that was uh, a high functioning alcoholic house with parents who were like really influential in the community. And so everything was about this, like showing of perfection and like, how can you make what you have not only work for you, but like, look like a prettier, shinier version that like you can handle everything. Um, and so I was like showing, planning my wedding online and like all of this stuff. And then uh, called my wedding off. My spiritual awakening was a kick to the teeth. Like mm. I did not have like a wake up process. Uh, I went to a yoga class on September 9th in 2014 was I had a handprint bruise around my throat from my fiance the night before that was not consensual, wow. um, that I wouldn't even be able to process till like months later that that's what that was. Uh, but I went to a yoga class and was gifted a card in the yoga class. Um, and because of it, called my wedding off, um, an hour later after the yoga class and like in the process kind of erased everything I had in my life at that point. And the only thing I had left was like my intuition and myself. Uh, if you call for wedding two weeks before your wedding date, you still get a wedding. Um, cause everything was paid for. So my mm-hmm. family tried to turn it into their construction company, Christmas party. Oh, no. Um, oh, they no. had rented out an entire resort for two days. Like it was a clusterfuck. Oh, wow. <laughs> and at the same time, it was the most freedom I had ever experienced yeah. that I was just like, it's all out there. And I put it all out on the internet that like, I recorded a video and posted on YouTube about calling my wedding off. Cause I knew if I didn't have that level of accountability, I would go back. Um, and I bought the, I no longer trusted my decision making process. And so I bought the card deck that I'd been pulled a card from in the yoga class. Uh, and the woman who pulled the card afterwards, uh, offered me an energy work session. And if it had been 12 hours before that, I would have said that energy work was bullshit. Yeah. Um, that I was like, okay. Um, but she said, can I give you an energy work session? And I'm like this sobbing, snotting mess in the floor saying I'm calling off my wedding. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And she took me across the street and did um, an hour of energy work on me. And I just remember like physically feeling so much. And then we got done and I didn't know this woman's name. And she told me everything about myself. I thought I'd hidden my entire life and nobody knew Mm. about how much I'd been sacrificing myself and compromising who I was just to try and make things work and like make things shiny and pretty enough that it would make it all okay. And like, this whole thing. Uh, and so I left, called off my wedding, bought the card deck, started drawing cards when it came to any decision and then doing what felt good based on the card. Um, which was great because then when things didn't work out, it wasn't my responsibility. It was just the card and it was part of the process. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mine anymore. Um, 
and just went on this like wild follow my intuition adventure. Um, and it turned out really, really well. Um, I was married to someone I'd been known for 10 years before that, like all this stuff happened. Um, and, but it was kind of this breakdown of like any bullshit on the internet specifically. And was just like, here it all is. And you either like me or you don't. And I don't like anybody, but like five people in my normal life anyway. So like, fuck it, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2016, when I was pregnant with my first son is when, um, my senses started really coming back. It's also a year into sobriety for me. I got sober at that same time. I called off my wedding. Um, and so much of my using and drinking specifically was to tone things down for me. So I'm claircognizant, clairaudient, clairsentient, and clairvoyant. And I physically see, and I physically hear. Um, the first time I saw a monster, I was four years old and it was my father's uncle who had abused him. And they kept me awake for 24 hours and had my brain scanned, uh, after I like freaked out and everything kind of shut down for me. Um, and so when I got pregnant with my first son, uh, senses started coming back. And then, um, that's when I started doing energy work, um, in 2016 and like reading not so much energy work, but I started doing intuitive work professionally. And then in 2018, when I was pregnant with my second son, that same woman who gifted me the yoga, uh, the class in, um, card in the yoga class and the energy session, uh, has been like present throughout my entire experience, um, as like a mentor and more so as an elder, like Mm -hmm. the very ancient way that awakening traditionally happened, that you had an elder that supported you and mentored you through the whole process. I have really like been in alignment and like blessed with the gift to have that. Um, and so I was pregnant with my second son in 2018 and, uh, he wasn't contracted to come here before that. And he was kind of a drop in that came in after some shit went down in 2016. I think we're all aware of what went down in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's through, I was in like full on spiritual psychosis and, um, I knew what was happening to me. And so the way that I would define that is like unintentionally um, timeline hopping um, and being present in multidimensional spaces at one time uh, without any control to it and without any, um, even the skills I had for grounding, like what was happening to me, what I was so far out of body and so like without the grasp to be able to like be in my body because of my pregnancy and what I was experiencing. Um, that even though I knew what was happening was fucking terrifying. And I was six weeks postpartum when, uh, I did 35 days of inpatient mental health care treatment, uh, and through just like divine magic alignment and Archangel Michael, literally like following me the entire way to get there. Um, I met six people in a row, all named Michael. Um, which is my son's middle name, Mm. um, ended up in a treatment facility that supported me, a traditional facility that supported me through psychic awakening. Um, and I was able to, in a clear and concise and grounded way, be able to, and an educated way, be able to advocate for myself to get that kind of treatment and to work with my therapist, um, who was also the clinical director to build a program that addressed me as a full spectrum human being. So yes, I'm having a mental health crisis. 
yes, I'm experiencing PTSD dissociation. Yes, I physically have a lot of sickness going on. And yes, what does that mean spiritually? Mm. And that if you don't address all three, like healing is not stable, sustainable, or long-term unless you're handling it full spectrum. I'm so glad Um, you said that. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Peter Levine's Waking the Tiger process is what we worked from. um, And somatic experiencing that's now getting all this attention to validity is incredible. And it's still only two of the process because spiritual, uh, the far side of the spectrum being shamanic soul retrieval is what he specifically talks about in that profit process um, is still like two out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is we now have all these people doing somatic experiencing coming from like the mental emotional level, and then it's going to help to kick people into awakening, but then not support them and process it after it's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I learned how to come grounded through that process and like through tools and everything that I um, was able to learn. I learned how to be grounded and be present and maintain linear time. Um, and at this point, having learned how to be present and be embodied and have a relationship with body that's built on trust. Um, now I spend probably honestly like 30 to 40% of my time also functioning astral without losing out on the presence of my current time and the presence of being human and knowing that I'm here to be human, that I'm not being astral to escape being human. I'm being astral to like expand on my spirits and being human to better understand why I am human Um, and to participate being here and like in the timeline that's of the greatest good of all. That's also something I'm really fucking over white conversations happening that have yet to deconstruct what whiteness means and what this kind of separation means and what it means about spirituality to like your highest timeline, your highest timeline isn't necessarily in alignment with the greatest good of all. If Mm -hmm. you're focusing on just you. Um, yeah, so So many good things. (laughs) Yeah. Everything I teach is about full spectrum healing that, that if we're working together by default, we will always talk about therapy. Um, and somatic experiencing everything I teach is about collective responsibility. Uh, and what it means to be a part of the greater whole and to participate in alignment with that. Um, And also about spiritual activism, which is when we heal ourselves on that level, it is making a significant change. Um, And what does it mean to be a part of a village and to be healing that? Because I think the answer to everything is us coming back to village. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So many beautiful parts of your story. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on. Um, I absolutely love, first of all, thank you for all of that. Um, It's, I think even just hearing your story, there's just so many, so many truths to be pulled out of that that are huge for people to be able to connect and realize like what this is and what we are a part of, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, I too came, I had a lot of my awakening happen and start from yoga. I also got like kicked in the ass to have my first spiritual awakening in 2015, like really strong. Um, and yeah, you're the same thing that happened, just being in a place where I would have really not been receptive to energy work. It kind of fell at a time when 
I had just already been blown away by so many things that I was a little more soft on approaching it, I guess, being like open-minded to it. I think the the fact that you brought up that this kind of all happens in waves. And even I think sometimes with social media, we can get this picture painted that you almost have like a spiritual awakening. And I think people talk about having multiple, but I don't think Mm -hmm. sometimes the picture is painted on how much struggle can happen even after an initial awakening. So it's always felt really authentic and really real to hear you share some of the stuff that has still happened, even being immersed in the spiritual space. Cause I think that's huge that this is something that we're all kind of experiencing and plugging in together into. And it's not something where we're going to have a full checklist of answers or what it's supposed to look like. It's Mm -hmm. personal, but also collective in so many ways. And I think it's really beautiful to share the little pieces that come that it doesn't just end up being easy that there's so many things to like unwind. And even when you feel really connected and alive, it's very real that you can also get lost in kind of another space and be so disconnected from your own body. And so I've come at my spirituality so body focused because Mm -hmm. of my physical therapy training, but also seeing so many people suffering physical pain and then so much difficulty identifying with their body and being told the narrative that the system pushes that you are sick and that, yeah, this is something that needs to get better. And like you said, I feel like half the reason we can start numbing and drowning things out with substances or other forms of escapism is is because we're really feeling a lot and we're so Mm -hmm. scared of that feeling. And when we're not learning how to work with that and respond to that appropriately, it can feel just extremely disorientating. So I think for me in the physical therapy world, I kept seeing patients that were having like just, it was, it was needing to be looked at from so many other angles than just the physical body, as you said, and our system just does not encompass everything. And I think even people that go into spiritual spaces, some things can sound too out there and that there can be boxes even formed around spirituality that don't allow for curiosity. And I guess kind of intuitive guidance to be helping you through things. It can also, the ego can just come in and start reboxing in spiritual concepts as well. I would love to hear you share about what the astral field kind of means for you and the astral world. So kind of that combination of both feeling into the space that's all around us all the time, but also Mm -hmm. kind of how that looks in parallel to staying inside of your body and really connecting with your physical form. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oh, body. Uh, so <laughs> body. as you're speaking, something that's really, oh, body. Um, <laughs> body's currently going through, so we spoke about it before we started recording, but body's currently going through a whole lot right now. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for a medically necessary hysterectomy. Um, my body's rejecting a tooth implant. I have three root canal teeth that are asking to get taken out, and body's just been yelling for a while. Body also has uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a hypermobility condition. Um, and so something really, really big for me as a body that deals with the best way I describe dealing with, like, I don't really like the phrasing chronic pain. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it doesn't feel good to say it in my body. Um, 
And to validate the experience I have with body is that I'm always in some level of healing a sports injury. Mm -hmm. And I can get what would typically be like a gnarly sports injury for an athlete on the field. I can get walking down the street and my kid nudging my knee wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that I, that's been really big in, this is not answering your astral question. And I love um, it. It's still something that's been really <laughs> big for me is that I am not body mm-hmm. body. And I say body with a capital B. So I'm not body body is where I get to live. Body is like my spaceship and my vessel that I get to experience the world in. Um, and coming to this place of like, instead of like being angry at body as though it is part of me, it's so much easier to be rude to ourselves and be mean to ourselves versus body's not me. Mm-hmm. And body lets me live here. And it is only because of body that like, holy shit, I get to stay and be human right now, which is like both terrible and frightening and also the most incredible time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Like the most incredible time to be alive. And I a hundred percent feel that. And I have active memories for like, a millennia, um, that it is so cool to be alive right now. And so, uh, my body's name is the millennium Falcon. I love uh, her, her wiring sometimes a little shoddy. People would argue and say some things about her and she always gets us everywhere we need to go. Yeah. Um, what term yeah. feels best for you in, in correlation with trying, not that we should even have to describe our pain the way we have to with this like medical you know, kind of outline that we have to somewhat plug into in the society, what feels good for you and describing some of the physical symptoms you feel, um, yeah, in both kind of, in in kind of encompassing all the different perspectives and worlds, (laughs) um, different experiences and perspectives. I feel, um, if, when I can get onto how I learned how to like have a relationship with body was on a yoga mat. Yeah. And, um, I grew up as an elite athlete. I started competing in dance when I was 11. So I'm also coming, let us acknowledge. I'm also coming from a place of like deep privilege yeah. in this relationship with body. Cause my parents over the course of my 10 year dance career easily put 20 to 30 grand into it. Like mm-hmm. there was like hundreds of dollars a month going out to dance. Right. Um, even yoga, like I had was offered a scholarship to yoga school. And it's only because of the time I had for my husband's job. Like there's so much privilege in yeah. this conversation. Um, and being somebody who is disabled, I do identify as disabled yet. I don't look that way mm-hmm. and how much privilege there is in that. Um, I would say my experience with body is, uh, on a mat. And my rule is that I just had to stay on my mat and that still lands for me sometimes. Um, and I can get to this place where it just becomes this, like, it stops being something I'm experiencing or feeling and just turns into this like, wow, wow, wow. Like this overabundance of energy. Mm. Um, an EDS body moves more energy than a physiotypical body. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I describe it is having a physiotypical body is like running cable internet where running any EDS body is like running fiber internet. Mm-hmm. Um, an EDS body is capable of astral projecting further than a typical body and like by a great amount further than a typical body. Most of my, yeah, neurodivergent spectrum clients that also have more of a hypermobile moving mm-hmm. body are also most of my intuitive <laughs> 
like Mm -hmm. very spiritual links. And so there's definitely these labels that I feel like can add to the narrative that you are less than in your body or dysfunctioning Mm -hmm. when I don't think our baseline of how humans should even be moving and functioning is correct. So I hate Mm -hmm. um, that look like it's functioning less when a body that needs more time for rest and concentration and awareness and coordination practice and play. I think all of that is beautiful, (laughs) but when we, when we wrap it into kind of the pain narrative, I think it can get tricky. So how do you navigate pain as a thought? Um, Yeah. So because I do so much trauma-informed care and I work with a, um, typically a trauma background population and a lot of my clientele, I hold intensive healing retreats comes also, um, with body compromising things with pain compromising things. Um, we rate things, the, the hospital scale doesn't fucking work. That one yes. to 10 thing doesn't. So, um, <laughs> so we rate things in my space on a one to 10 for mental emotional. So 10 being best day of your life. One being you want to die. Five is neutral. Um, we rate there. I'm always just trying to, I try to sit at a six because if you swing into like 10 category or a nine category, you have to swing back the other way, right? Mm -hmm. The pendulum has to settle. So my goal every day is to hit at like a six mentally, emotionally. Um, and then I do body scale on a color scale. There's more to the color scale. We've actually got this, our free offering (laughs) is this, um, bandwidth tracker that we've created for the people that I'm working with. Um, and we do body on a color scale. So green being neutral, And then moving into pain experience, it's yellow, orange, red, and black. Black being when you would go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And just because you're in black doesn't mean you're going to the hospital because we're in America. Mm -hmm. Right? Because going to the hospital is its own trauma and its own majorly taxing experience that you may not have the capacity or bandwidth for and you may not get support. But it's being able to rate that like, oh, this is where I'm at and how long am I willing to be there before I seek some sort of other support or help. Um, and the color scale is really nice that one of my clients, what she said is she goes, I'm still dealing with the same shit I was before. Only now it feels like I'm on a Candyland board. Mm, I um, that. <laughs> and I, and I feel like that today is a day where I spent three hours crying this morning between like a pre-op appointment stuff. Just like, I'm just so tired of being mm-hmm. in so much pain. And for the most part with the color scale and with the years in, I am now, and I had to re I had to relearn how to walk after my Mm -hmm. second son. And I had to teach myself because I wasn't in a situation to be able to drive myself with two babies to physical therapy, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that for the most part, I'd say I'm able to stay fairly neutral with it. And I have built my life around being able to support what you said. Yeah. Which is like, instead of working and considering my body or my bandwidth and capacity and mental illness, I have a diagnosis for PTSD. Um, I've depression is a big part of my past story and ADHD diagnosis for mm-hmm. anxiety disorder, like all this shit. I've built my business around those things to support them and to be a part of my business instead of the opposite. And mm-hmm. so I do have a lot of space and freedom to be able to like give myself what I need in those spaces. Yeah. 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 
Very which nice. has been very, very intentional. And currently what I'm working with so many specifically energetic and conscious entrepreneurs on is like, how do you do that? Absolutely. And it's so, so freaking needed. And it, yeah, I could get um, very passionately upset and <laughs> rant about the, yeah, how the system keeps phasing out certain bodies and the irritation behind that. But um, yeah, it's, I think it's absolutely beautiful to learn what is working for you and your body and play with a lot of concepts and hopefully mm-hmm. yeah, healers and other people in kind of this, like this space that's looking at things from multiple perspectives can be advocating and showing variations and options that not everyone even has access to be able to see and share. That's why I share half of the content I do. Um, is just to help give perspective. So you have tools to just play because a lot of it is like so much trial and error that you're not going to ever have someone just be able to spit a full answer out at you. It's developing a relationship to your body, Mm -hmm. um, which is relationships are not freaking easy and neither is that one. And it's ebbing and flowing constantly. And yeah, as you said, there's an individual experience and a collective experience at play as well. And the collective, picture that we have been um, kind of made to believe is not accurate. And so therefore the comparison minds can come in and really self-sabotage a lot of what I believe is really beautiful and real and fucking valid. Um, So side note on that, but I would love to hear. So this can very well tie in with the astral because I'm curious you know, I think I would love to hear you talk about dissociating, but I also think yeah. that when your body is hurting so much, what, what do you find as the guidelines between imagining something different versus being aware so that there is this connectedness, you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you had said, uh, so about the color thing. So I talked mm-hmm. about, I wake up and I, my first check-in is where am I at on the color scale? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the last time I had a green day, it being a neutral day. Um, and so I'm always in some variation of yellow, orange, red mm-hmm. and wherever I am at in that color is just neutral. And then we check in on our one to 10. If I'm under a five, my only job is to get above a five because mm-hmm. five is neutral. Right. Um, and this idea of like imagining something different, I think can get really dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like EDS, this is, I, I reject them calling what I have a disorder because it's written in my DNA. It's a connective tissue condition. Mm-hmm. And it's something I believe I have to a forced connection with other people. Um, my husband and I traveled full-time for 18 months and a regular thing is it's really hard for me to open tops on bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, and the intimacy to ask a stranger to open a water bottle. I love that. That's such like, a good perspective. Mm-hmm. Breaks things down. And so I don't find it helpful. And it's not something I teach on like imagining something different. I'm also kind of against the idea of like quantum leaping, like mm-hmm. to fucking where, mm-hmm. to where, <laughs> right? Like, and is it just only for your highest good? Because you shifting out of shit for everybody can mess everybody up. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, I mean, dissociation, let's go back to the defining astral. Yeah. I would define astral as anything, not our tangible current 3D reality. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I would define astral projection of the act of your awareness or your consciousness 
leaving body into the astral realm, whether it's intentional or not. Mm -hmm. So that meaning dissociation is unintentional astral travel. So dissociation is unintentionally leaving your body by default. If you are leaving your body, you are going astral. Mm -hmm. Right. And so doing so unintentionally, it's very common to be in a place of intense pain or things and to be disembodied, which can be that you can be astral. Like I'm doing quotation marks. You can't see you can be astral. I meet so many people who function with um, chronic pain. I work on a lot of people with EDS who will be driving. I call it driving your bus who will be driving their bus from like two or three feet out of their body Mm -hmm. that like, "Mm, you're not really astral, but you're also not in body. You're just like in this like empty liminal space driving your body around. But then everything is like, "Mm, everything's kind of like shoddy, whether or not it's online, everything's dealing with static Mm -hmm. because your system's not intended to function that way. And so, um, I'm a big proponent of being in body and letting yourself experience whatever pain with a practice of finding a place to like giving it sensation, finding a place to giving it room to be and to breathe. Cause the other thing that I do know, not question, not have an idea about, like, I know is that if we acknowledge and see and give the pain in our body, what it's asking for the pain can shift. That doesn't mean it's going to shift to go away. Yeah. But it can shift and it can shift into something different. I love this. Yes. And yeah, I think, um, talking about some of the mental health, like combination here, uh, you know, dissociating is really wanting to kind of, it happens from being very, very checked out. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of the starting practices that I had to do to really feel, um, yeah, I was, I was suffering like a lot of pain, both mentally and physically. I also, uh, it like very borderline, uh, lots of hypermobility. That's why this is my passion is talking about the physical component to it, but I was escaping, you know, as often as possible. And I think just the practice of integrating what I truly was feeling and not being scared of the sensations of feeling things as powerfully as I can, which is mm-hmm. now a full awareness of what my gifts are and how I help clients all the time. I think a lot of our sensitivities can point to what some of our greatest strengths are. And when they constantly get written off as this narrative, because it quote unquote, like puts you physically behind what you think an expectation is supposed to be. Of course, that narrative can get like loud and ugly. And, but it's, it's so neat um, and powerful that you had someone come in at, of such a pivotal moment in your own life story to kind of validate these mental, these, what would seemingly be mental illness experience. Mm-hmm saying it's still not great. We want to find a shift from this, but also not making you think that something is wrong with you. Um, which I think is just a constant narrative I'm seeing in clients and people that, um, yeah, are seemingly seeming like they're on the outskirts when reality, I think they're close, closer to a a bigger strength and gift to be able to help shift a lot of the collective and people around them. So what would you say some of the advice 
that you would suggest for starting out just be becoming more connected to a body that physically does struggle with some of the things in the society we live in? Um, whenever anybody talks about this, the first thing that comes to mind, um, is about how regularly we use the phrase of I'm not crazy. Yeah. Um, and when I was in, so before I ended up in treatment, they dropped me into a psych ward detox facility to be sure I wasn't on drugs. Um, and did my psyche belt like three in the morning. I left my newborn baby for the first time, just like this whole wild experience, right? Of like, how is any of this ethical? Mm -hmm. Um, and I sat down and wrote myself a letter about how sane I was not, I'm not crazy. I'm sane. And I know this stuff and I know this stuff about me and I knew that other things were wrong, but like, I'm sane and I know this is real. And another big component to, I know major for me personally, and has kind of become the foundation of the work that I do, um, is about energetic boundaries and like Mm -hmm. foundational energetic boundaries. Um, and so that would be my first advice is like, what is your practice with foundational energetic boundaries and shielding is not the same as energetic boundaries shielding is shielding is like me walking out of the house into the snow, being sure that I have like a coat and a scarf and a hat and all of this stuff on because I'm going outside into the elements. Foundational energetic boundaries is the fact that I have a house Mm. that protects me from the elements. Um, And so many people at this point, especially generationally, and I work energy work, I work on the inside of somebody's body. I work on how a system moves energy and how a system processes things both physically and astrally. I do a lot of like body upgrades. I do energetic brain surgery. Um, and how often people did pain and things they're experiencing is because they naturally have really strong clairsentience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they're just taking and processing other people's stuff without knowing how to get it out of their body. Um, and foundational energetic boundaries can really change that. And I work with people on healing the empath story, which is by definition, energetic codependency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I would say that's always my advice on where to start. And then some sort of like joyful practice with body. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's dance. For me, that's yoga. For me, that's like breath work. Um, but that can also be fitness. My husband walks like seven miles a day, um, swimming, like just some sort of something in physical relationship with your body to where you can enjoy being with body Mm -hmm. and nobody can decide or tell you what to do. Like, but you get to play with that. But if you're not at any point in your life, enjoying being in body, like, yeah, what, what's the point? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And you can be an intense, terrible physical plane and still find ways to enjoy being in body period. Mm -hmm. Like I disagree that there's any argument against that. Yeah. I loved your perspective switch on instead of, yeah, I am crazy. Just saying I am sane. And as, yeah, as we know how energy works, what you put your energy on is where you're sending that intention and drive. And if it is constantly on what would seemingly be kind of a negative angle of it, like 
I'm not crazy is still embodying like an energy of having to validate this crazy narrative mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. shifting it to a perspective that is already lighter and more yeah, charged in a positive way, really watching our languaging to how we are, what we are, um, what we are signing off on, on allowing to label us is I Mm -hmm. think also so freaking huge. And yeah, there's a lot of speeches that need to be said and done and what I try to share. And I know you do the same on what we have been convinced of. And I think there can be this great fear when you first kind of connect to the spiritual world that you're going to get lost and too far away, but that is where community and, you know, plugging in with, with people that are in this experience and are willing to see you fully for who you are, um, and help you navigate. Like some of the days, like, you know, we'll be teaching, uh, a client, some, are uh, just someone in our life, something, but that could be the exact same advice we need to hear from someone else another day. So that mm-hmm. is really part of the collective component of all of this too. And yeah, thank you for that, like rewording and just giving some advice on starting points. Um, please tell our listeners just what you, um, how they can plug in with you, how they can connect with you, what your handles are and anything else you want to share that you are giving to the world currently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am got lost, get found. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. That is also our website is got lost, get found.com. Um, we have, when I mentioned the numbers and color thing, uh, a lot of what going into next year, I'm getting ready to take time off for holidays and first surgery recovery. Very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into next year, I'm putting a lot more of my attention on that. I train new conscious and energetic practitioners, um, and doing, uh, I have an offering called cosmic cathedral, which is just about magic. And this isn't a place I visit or travel. Like I live this way a hundred percent of the time Mm -hmm. and helping people specifically entrepreneurs bring magic instead of something they play with or do as just as to who they are and how do they honor their whole humanity in that process. And so that tracker that I mentioned, that's a bandwidth tracker, um, to be able to check in with yourself every day is one of our free offerings that we have. And you can find that on the website and you can just download that and it helps you to be able to track every day. There's a cycle tracker and weather and a bunch of things on it, um, which has been really, really great. I also offer the eleven uh, eleven experience is kind of the foundational thing I do. It's a self-led virtual experience. And I teach you how to build a safe and empowered relationship with your intuition. And so it's everything that I wish I had known going into treatment where I was really educating and teaching myself on what the difference between my intuition and my intuitive senses versus my trauma responses were, mm-hmm. um, and healing the empath story, which was a major part of who I was and, um, like processing other people's stuff. And instead of being built as virtual education typically is in some sort of course fashion, we designed it as a game. And it's a game for like 16 year old inner children is kind of our demographic that you get to play with your intuitive senses. Uh, And in that includes um, a foundational energetic boundaries meditation that teaches you how to establish those foundational boundaries. Um, 
one my favorite testimonial is someone says it feels like they finally got their letter to Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's for the 1111 experience. And then I also do intensive one-on-one mentorships and I have a 10 day retreat coming next year. Ooh, so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. We will definitely keep supporting and sharing and watching along. Thank you for this um, super important conversation. Thank you for doing the work you are doing. And thank you to the listeners for being here. Um, We will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.